I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty twenty four. What a season that is ahead of us, and what better way to talk about everything to come and to completely ignore and disregard twenty twenty three than to listen to this episode of Lakeside Drive? And that's what you're doing right now, wherever you are, all around the world. You're about to have the dulcet tones of Thomas J. Camp, the brilliance of Freya Brolsma, and me trying to push everything along as always. Welcome to the first episode for 2024. My name is James. Let's get into it. And I'm joined by my friends and yours. I can't change this bit of the podcast. Freya Brolsma in person. Hello. Hello. This is just a thrill. What a day we've had. So good to be here. Yes, we have had a day. Campy also joining us from straight from Mordor to here. as well. It's terrifying to see. This is why it's not on video, by the way, because he wouldn't permit it. Listener, I can confirm it is a rather warm day out in Melbourne and... uh, well, I'm sweating without my beanie on, so the beanie's definitely not not making an appearance today, but we've had a great day. We've been doing some cool stuff, which we will see at some stage in the future couple of weeks, and we've been recording and me on camera and making stuff on, on the right spot. Right in your comfort That's zone. You're just, an absolute natural. It's mm. been a heap of fun, actually. Freya, why don't you talk us through what's happened today? <laughs> We have had a glorious time together. It is a sunny day here in Melbourne. We went down to podcast studios and got some good content there, which should hopefully make for a very exceptional outtake reel more than anything else. (laughs) 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 And then we made our way down to, of course, the most wonderful place in Melbourne, which is Lakeside Drive and the Albert Park circuit. So we went and had a little look at the pit lane, which is about as close as anyone will ever let Campy to a Formula One uh, pit lane, I think Mm. we'll see. So uh, There was a stage where we were walking, the three of us, along the Albert Park Lakes, and I felt like something out of the uh, 
what's that man? Jeez, shit, Campy, get your punchline together. <laughs> I've literally been talking all day. And this is what my summary of today is. Jeez, talking's easy, but then you realise how shit I am when I need <laughs> yeah. to talk. But I felt like something out of an Anchorman movie, you know that scene when they're all walking uh, together as the Channel yes. 9 news crew? That's what I... I believe the term you used at the time was a Z-grade celebrity. Yes. <laughs> Why do I feel like a Z-grade celebrity? Because you, you are, are one. That's because it's completely accurate. <laughs> uh, it has been a great deal of fun, as you've said, Freya, and we thought a good opportunity to get together for some Formula Cold Ones and decaf. Um, we won't, we'll let you decide, listener, who's drinking the decaf. Uh, it's not me. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll leave it to everyone else to plead their case. Uh, but we, this is not a traditional pre-season go through all of the teams. This is a very relaxed catch up because the three of us have been, uh, hanging out together all day, which has been great and talking about formula one stuff. So we thought we'd put that into a podcast format for you, dear listener to get into your ears uh, we will go back to doing video podcasts, of course, when we get back into the season properly when that starts in a couple of weeks' time. So I thought let's just go through what's happened before we talk about maybe some feelings ahead of the season. Uh, let's start with the stupidest decision by an American this year, um, and that's because there's obviously been no elections yet. Uh, it's Gene Haas in getting rid of <laughs> Gunther Steiner. Um, I've just literally just listen, finished listening to Gunther's audiobook. Have and you? then the news broke and I thought, wow, well, this is uh, a very interesting. If you've not read or listened to the book, you should do that. It's actually really, really good uh, and a good insight into how Haas came about. The reality is without Gunther Steiner, uh, Haas would not be on the grid. So, Campy, let's start with you, if we may. Why is Gene Haas an idiot? Well, he's American for once. So. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, look, I look, I love. I'm a. I I kind of understand it from a practical viewpoint. Mm. Um, Gene owns the team. He makes the decisions. He pays the bills. He's entitled to make the decisions that he wants. Um, and I, he's and in his statements, he is he's put the onus back on Gunther and said, well, he's not getting the results, and he's had ample enough time and ample enough opportunity. In saying that. The dumbest decision you could make. Gunther is universally loved across the paddock. He has a a rich history in this sport, not so much results wise, but he's never had the opportunities at the top teams. And when he was at Red Bull initially, and he moved on pre, you know, the Helmet Marco uh, Christian Horner era, but he's really championed his own path in this sport and created something. The fans love him, love what he's done for the F bomb. I think he made. <laughs> He made <laughs> drive. He made drive to survive watchable and yeah. appealing to the masses for the first couple of years. Um, so, I, I, look, I don't agree with the decision. I don't like it. I think clearly they were at loggerheads with what needed to happen to get some on track performance, and uh, I just don't think they have the money nor the infrastructure in place in 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 a, in a central location in order to do so. Being in England somewhere, so. It's a bit of a shame, but he will be back. I think what's interesting about why I personally loved him as such a character, you know, either through Drive to Survive or, you know, his press conferences and um, other ways we see him in the media is how much he lent into the character that he was given in such a positive way. You know, he kind of got made fun of um, for some of the things that he said, obviously the infamous phone call. Um, <laughs> with, but he's lent into it and he laughs at himself. Yeah. And in a sport that is so full of ego, 
he just seems to be absent of that, certainly from what we see, which I know is not always the the whole truth or even a reflection of part of it perhaps. But certainly from my perspective, I just think he, he can laugh at himself and that's so rare in this sport. He doesn't take himself too seriously whilst also I think obviously taking his job really seriously. Yeah. And if you're going to make a decision like this where somebody who is so loved outside of your team and your brand if it's time for them to move on, and maybe it it is, bloody look after the man and make sure you do it in the most responsible, humane way. Don't make it a phone call that doesn't show suggest that you have the same respect for him that that reflects the love that is had for him outside of the team. You know, I, from what we've heard, it doesn't sound like it was you know terribly nice in the way that he was he was let go, um, and I think that that's just stupid quite frankly yeah you've got to honor the position and the place that he's held because the reality is if it wasn't for him this team wouldn't exist Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like your toto wolves and your christian horners these guys have gone out there they've found the investment they've given it the envision if they had the money themselves they'd be all over it but unfortunately they they have to look outside of the box somewhere and i think to create that and his anyway his legacy is will remain intact for a long time but i just think they could have honored him a bit more and his position and his you know his stature within the sport and the fans and the respect that they have for him and i don't think they I heard Alpine's still looking for a team principal well (laughs) so's kick stakes (laughs) out The interesting thing for me is, and we've spoken at length about this uh, last season, is that Haas could not continue doing business the way that they were doing business when Formula One is as big as it is. When you think about how this team was set up and Stefano Domenicali was the team principal of Ferrari when Gunther and him, Gunther, are old friends, that's how they started because they were buying like-for-like parts from Ferrari within the regulations to start a Formula One team. They got involved with Delara to make everything kind of work. But what it, what it was was trying to put all of these things together without having a traditional base like we've seen every other team now have. It is embarrassing, I think, because in the way that Andretti is trying to enter the sport, we said this earlier, they're committing themselves to as a new global brand of Andretti Racing. Uh, they've built a headquarters. They've built a facility in the US. They want to be backed and then get into Formula One. When you've got teams who don't even exist yet putting that kind of capital into infrastructure and investing into campuses like Aston Martin have done from Racing Point. And, you know, we think about that was a team that was really on the edge, had to go bankrupt to then come back to the sport properly and see the sort of pushes and advances that they've had. There's no way that Gunther wasn't saying that to Gene. we got to sort this shit out and yeah. grip it together. And obviously because they listened to your points last year on the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast can't be about the same thing. A joke, joking aside though, like, you can't continue to run in three different locations. It has to be one base somewhere. And if if you're an American team, it's better to make it in the US. Um, they've just never had the cut through. And I think the point about the way that it was all announced and how quick it was too is disrespectful to Gunther for sure. Um, but it also offers opportunities for Gunther now for the rest of this season. So Haas have just lost a team principal. He he said in his book too that he leans into the character for Drive to Survive because yeah. it's good for the team. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't give a shit about his own brand. It's just good for the team. Um, now someone else gets to capitalise on that. Now Pienaar are absolutely looking for a team principal. Uh, I think I read somewhere that Otmar Safnauer is going into Red Bull Racing in some kind of capacity, which doesn't surprise me. Um, these 
these team principles hang around. Um, and Matia Bonotto is still in Formula One. Yeah. I saw him walk into the Red Bull um, hospitality suite in the British Grand Prix last year when he was a guest of Pirelli. So there's still obviously conversations going around. It, it wasn't a good sign, I don't think, but at least what they've done is in, in promote internally campy. We've got Ayo uh, Kamatsu, who's come out as their chief race engineer. You know, he's at least got experience on the ground. The sort of similar point, I suppose, is Andrea Stella from McLaren, you know, coming from that same position, being promoted into team principal and then having some success. Uh, do you think, though, they sort of missed it by not maybe getting someone from the outside who hasn't been close to how it's all been working? I don't mind promoting within, but then again, I don't know anything about the guy either other than he was, uh, you know, he seems to have a good reputation within the F1 paddock and uh, he's got his chance and if that's what he wants, then great. And he, clearly the team can only go up from here, so we'll be looking at him closely. But to be honest, I don't know anything about the guy. I've never heard his name spoken on a broadcast. And in true to form for this podcast, neither of us have done any research to <laughs> yeah, try and totally. fill that gap. <laughs> so... I can tell you now, I can look at his LinkedIn. All right, if you go, James. Give us the highlights. It still doesn't have... What's uh, LinkedIn? <laughs> it still doesn't have um, his current job title with, with the promotion. It's still the former one. I just had it where... Oh, this is good audio quality. We're starting off the year strong. Why doesn't it come well, on James work? James finds that LinkedIn story for you. I was out for a run around the tan the other day. And I went to take a photo because the Yarra was looking spectacularly brown on that glorious morning and not realising all my cards fell out of my pocket with my phone. Didn't realise till I got back home and I went to pull my cards out to go grab a coffee and none of them were there. I was like, oh, my goodness, nothing there, no ID, no credit card, no debit card, whatever. Go back to the scene of the crime, gone. Anyway, come back here. We're about to cancel it, cancel everything. And somebody... The first time in my entire life LinkedIn was really useful because somebody Googled, had picked up my cards, Googled me, found my LinkedIn and messaged me saying, hey, Farah, I've got all of your stuff. Come get it from my office this afternoon. And so that's my uh, Good Samaritan story of the day. But also LinkedIn finally was useful. The only time that that's been a thing. Technology um, helping people <laughs> do life better. Since 2024. <laughs> Give me a break. So he was first a tyre engineer from November 2003 to November 2005 with BAR, British oh. American Racing. He the was, glory uh, days of tyres. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was then with Lotus for 10 years and actually he was um, Roman Grosjean's race engineer and followed Roman across. That's right. He followed from Lotus to at the beginning. So um, performance engineer first for four years, then race engineer for four years and chief race engineer for a year. Uh, and then, yeah, when the Haas project started and Roman moved across there, then he went there too. It's just interesting. I mean, we're sort of dwelling on this a little bit, but I think the the state of where Formula One is, you know, at the moment, last year was a big season. We're still in the off season, but it's never off, is it? Formula One continues to barrel ahead. Um, and it also barrels ahead with unplanned livery reveals. Um, let's talk about how McLaren just did a Red Bull and copied exactly last year's livery and then pasted it on their 2024 car fryer. I mean, yeah, spot the difference. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> there should be a Monster Energy logo on it too and it doesn't exist. Just Where is it? Fro's best that. quagmire voice too. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting for your Brian impression, Campy? Oh, no, look, no, no. Oh. So that's a no then. Um, I think like more interesting for me rather than the fact that the livery is 
unspectacular and kind of pretty similar to what we've seen before is the fact that they just dropped it on their Instagram with absolutely no hoo-ha, whereas um, last year they had, you know, a couple of very well-known presenters doing a very kind of corporate but schmick um, style presentation which looked exceptional, um, a really, you know, high-budget high operation when it comes to their launch and then this year they've just dumped it on their Instagram like Pierre Gasly liking every other post off you go can put it out into the ethos when it comes to everything else on on Instagram just no no kind of celebration which I just kind of go well that's interesting to me like why did you do that and is it because they want to do something different to everybody else who's going to have some fireworks and violins or is it because they know it's not that different to Previous years, so why? Fireworks and violins go together. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, Create atmosphere um, and tension in the sound at the same time. The way that it makes all at the same time. Didn't Ferrari have like a bit like the monster trucks in Nyora on the way? Here we go. Let's figure a way to crowbar this into here. So. Yeah, or is it a matter of they just gone, look, it's actually pretty similar to last year. We're going to have more announcements throughout the year. We're going to make a bigger deal of. Um, yeah, that was just, it was just a surprise. I was clearly, surprised by that. Clearly they, budgets and cost cap I was going to say, yeah, clearly exactly. they just want to spend that budget in somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yeah. And I was there ahead of the 21 launch and, Danny Rick. Uh, yeah, Danny Rick and I was interviewing some of the Extreme E people and, like, I was taken around and they were building the stage and stuff and they were like, you can't. Don't take any photos or film anything or whatever else. Um, Even one that you took, they still had to ask you to take down because uh, yeah, it had like a curtain in the background. Oh. <laughs> a video from, yeah. Oh. yeah, anyway, from the Can-Am side, not where the F1 cars are. Um, they're like the, the uh, McLaren F1 and all that kind of stuff, like road cars. And it was a very, you know, I started the frame and it was a, it was a shot of the curtain. Yeah. Right? And I you, look, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But my point is there's less risk of getting anything spoiled and they just drop it that way. Yeah, it true. saves so much money and time and effort and everything else and people in the in the factory can just focus on doing Formula One rather than, a, you know, a sexy launch that is neither here nor there. And, I mean, Haas generally just put a picture out anyway. They go, here you go, yeah. here it is, here's the yeah. livery this year. Next. Do we need to ask about the Monster en- Sorry, do we need to ask about the Monster Energy partnership that got released in November and it was this big hoo-ha and then we were chatting this morning, Jim. Mm. Didn't see any monster energy on the livery. What's the go with that? If you know, listener, let us know. Uh, jump onto our Discord because I can't seem to find anything about it. There's no, apart from people going, where's the monster energy logo? I thought there was this big deal about it. Um, yeah, if you know something, uh, let us know because our F1 journalist friends are still on holiday. So my uh, sources of information are otherwise occupied, <laughs> which uh, anyway is, is what it is. It's a shocking livery at best. <laughs> To say the least. And it's still just stick it in in partners and sponsors and that type of thing as well. So oh. if there's any space left on the car, maybe that's it. Maybe they couldn't find space on the car for another sponsor sticker. That was it. Still yeah, cool. my thought, and I said so this at lunch, was that maybe they just go full Ken Block racing suit style and it's just they come out only in Monster Energy on the racing suit. Yeah. It's the only thing that I can think of that's that's left for a spot on the car. Um, speaking of sponsorship and names, how's the new name of Toro Rosso? Uh, I've already forgotten it. Go on. What, what do you think? What What is it, Campy? I have said this in previous years. It's but not Minardi. I do not consider myself to be the smartest mm-hmm. man mm. on the planet and the, have marketing degrees and have an 
you know, astronomical amount of understanding of how these things work. But who the fuck <laughs> decided to come up with that name? What are they thinking? It's a bit like the racing point. It's like what what are these people sitting there paid stupid amounts of money? How can they sit there and come up with a name like Cash App Racing? Like, oh, we were, my God. When we were sitting in the car on the way here, James said, oh, we should talk about Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. And I literally sat there and stared oh. at him because I didn't know what hey. he was talking about. Who exactly? If you would like That's a petition terrible. to call them Minardi again, uh, please let me know. What <laughs> happened to Toro Bosso? It was the best name ever. <laughs> Clearly Hugo Boss didn't want oh. anything to do with it. Well, mate. I'm shocked at the stupidity of some of these people that have paid astronomical amounts of money. It is the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and you've heard some dumb things. Well, I lived in Victoria under Dan Andrews in lockdown, <laughs> so you know I'm used to dealing with bullshit down here. But mm. wow, and you're still yeah. dealing with that trauma. There is literally nothing catchy about it. It is catching nothing, absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. Not going to remember what it's called. And as when you think about Branding, as you said, you're branding oh. and trying to make things front and centre and simple and it just makes no sense at all. Yeah, the there's not been an official announcement yet uh, about that, but um, <laughs> just I've just gone in to search for their Instagram handle and the first result is the podcast, fellow Australian podcast, the Reserve Drivers have renamed themselves a Visa Cash App Reserve Drivers. That was fantastic. <laughs> well done. Um, also, also, that's their, their name. The description is Haas Team Principal. So they're already... <laughs> For the, the three bits of content they do for the year, that probably well counts as one of them. Yeah. Very, good. Um, very good lads. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is an interesting thing, but what is int- more interesting about the whole scenario is that for the first time ever, uh, it is a title sponsor for Toro Rosso, Alpha Tauri, uh, and the main reason for that, Campy, is our cute boy, Danny Rick. Very cute. <laughs> and I may have said that on camera today. <laughs> So when you see that, just know that the skullduggery and shit talking was at peak level about two minutes before it. And five minutes after I recorded it, I was like, did Did I I really just say that that on camera? You did. (laughs) So there you go. All by yourself too. None of us were in the front. On a scale of zero It's a a great smile though, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. On a scale yes, of zero is. to Bonnie, how cute is Daniel Ricciardo? Oh, he's not as cute as Bonnie. Bonnie is. Mate, that dog has stolen my heart. I may even love that dog more than my wife's. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whisper for me. If I whisper this, she won't be able to hear. <laughs> Bryony only operates exactly in certain decibels. It <laughs> it's like visions based on movement. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, though, because obviously Danny Rick's star power, inverted commas, has brought more sponsors along. Nick Thim, who is the manager for Scotty James and for Danny Rick, uh, is very good at doing these kinds of deals. He's the uh, Zach Brown, I suppose, you know, when Zach Brown was doing the same kind of role 20 years ago, which is not really a surprise. So we'll probably see him as the CEO of McLaren at some point in the future. But it, it is an interesting thing for me because there's never been hype around the junior team Mm. There was discussion in when they changed their names to Alpha Tauri that it will be the sister team. And in 2024, Campy, they're actually going to have similar design philosophy than the Rebel from last year. So there is some real potential, not only for Visa Cash App, 
to obviously have Daniel Rick star power in terms of advertising that, but potentially be able to get some significant points, potentially some podiums. I mean, Pierre Gasly, who's one of the greatest drivers of all time, Freya. Obviously. When he was driving the AlphaTauri slash Toro Rosso, and same with Alex Albon, got really good results, some consistent points when the car was sharing parts with the Red Bulls. So we're seeing what I'm understanding is if we're seeing a return to that, then maybe it's not such a dumb, it's a stupid name, but it's not a dumb idea. It could have been Hugo Boss. It could have been, you know, Heineken F1 team, whatever it is, but it, it, it's the Daniel Ricciardo factor, I think. And Yuki Sonoda, who's probably going to drive pretty well this year too, that kind of attraction to to want to be able to do that. And I just think that's that's an interesting point to have a junior team now be so, you know, important in that respect. Yeah. Well, I, I know that some other – I know Zach Brown has made comments that he's concerned about the level of, of, of the Red Bull organisation owning two teams and what that may mean for the top team and how much data they're stealing. But I will – I will reserve my right to comment on this at the moment. I I will wait to see after ten races how oh, in well no watch that be two races. It's fine. We still have seven hundred races left. How, <laughs> I will wait to see how close that working relationship is between the two the two teams and whether information is given to the top team and passed back down on design philosophies and and data. Technically, you can't share in the data that you have to give to a sister organisation anyway, but oh, look, they've said this is going to be a sister team and they're going to be comparable to the top team before, and it's never eventuated because the reality is it's a it's a B team and it's a feeder. It's, it's supposed to sit in that middle bracket of F1 teams in order to create the talent to then go on to the top of the organisation. So until it happens on track, I'll reserve my right. But. It's an exciting prospect though and we love to speculate and I think it's, like you said, the concern is that it has been said before but the difference, as James has mentioned, is is Daniel Ricciardo essentially. I think the potential that they've got in that car right now is greater than they've ever seen it before when it comes to their driver ability. And Yuki for all of his moments that make us both laugh and cry simultaneously his potential is there and if you've got people around him saying the same thing and those two who seem to have a you know, really great working relationship, Yuki wanting to learn as much as he can from Daniel, it's you know, it's a genuinely exciting prospect. It's about understanding how they maximise that transfer of information and everything else, obviously within the the rules that they've, that they've been given. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, it's the end of January and at the end of February we go racing, which is pretty exciting. Testing's coming up soon as well. Let's just go through the tracks, shall we, and when they're happening. There's 700 races, so I'll try and keep it as concise as possible. When do we go to Paul Ricard? That's the most exciting <laughs> race on this. 
I'm still dizzy Bef- from 2021. Beforehand, when we were at lunch talking about this and we we're talking about, oh, what, what Grand Prix are we looking forward to? Campy's like, I'm looking forward to the French Grand Prix this year. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that was uh, the worst impression I've ever heard. Please stop doing an impression. Come on, Brian. Still waiting on yours. Come on, Brian. Uh, so Bahrain first up, we're obviously testing there and we do that as well. Uh, we then go to Saudi Arabia, which is neither here nor there, and then the actual start of the Grand Prix calendar, the 22nd to the 24th of March here in Melbourne. Uh, and then very excitingly, Campy, we go to Japan. So the 24th of March and then the 7th of April is Japan. So a week in between, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to have those kind of circuits back to back. Uh, yes. Can I make a bold profit prediction for uh, like you. Japan this year? Oh, yeah? It's going to be Oscar's first win. Ooh, yeah. I like it. I like it too. What makes you choose Japan as the weekend? Well, think about last year and what Oscar was able to do the first time he'd ever driven around that track. He made Lando look second rate. And I think the more time he spends in that McLaren and in this organisation, the better and better he's going to get. And uh, he will be he'll be right up there, I think, this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, look what he did last year. We yeah. don't we have a, a same grid as last year, and I mean, there's obviously no competition for him to get rookie of the year last year. Yeah. But Does that mean he gets it two years in a row? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> might as well. Logan Sargent's not getting it. <laughs> well, they might give it to him as a consolation prize. Hey, I saw a pig flying the other day. That might happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then go to China. China's back. Uh, I, I'm always torn about this circuit because there's parts of it that I really like and then there's parts of it I don't like. We haven't seen okay. this generation. Yeah. Well, we just haven't seen this generation Formula 1 cars there yet. So yeah. I, Was 2018 the last race we had there? 19. 19. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, 18. No, 18. Sorry. 18. Danny Rick's win. Uh, no, it was 2019. No, 2019. No, it was. Okay. Yeah. 2019, because it was the 1,000th Grand Prix. That's right. Formula 1,000, remember? Yeah. It landed on the uh, Chinese Grand Prix. And Alex Albon had a really good showing in and the Toro Rosso there, and that was led into part of the reason as to why he ended up replacing Pierre Gasly. Anyway. Uh, fine history right there. Yeah, I know, Meaningless right. history that no one ever remembers <laughs> <Except for laughs> about <laughs> Pierre Gasly and <laughs> Alex <laughs> Albon. Get Give off it. A break to Get it. off it. Uh, we then go to Miami in the uh, for the 5th of May. We're then hopefully going to Emilia-Romagna in Italy on the 19th of May, then Monaco. That's still a circuit that exists, which I think is a good thing for Formula 1, especially if we've got Vegas as well. Canada is in its usual spot in the middle of the year in June. Uh, Barcelona, um, or as Campy will pronounce correctly for us now. Barcelona. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's on the 23rd of June. Austria, the 30th of June. We're, 7th of July is Silverstone. I'm sort of going on here. Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Azerbaijan, Singapore, uh, US, the proper one, Mexico, Brazil, Las Vegas, Qatar, Abu Dhabi. It is going to be a lengthy season. The last race is on the 8th of December. So we start on the oh, 23rd, the I'm 21st tired of already. February. Um, but I'm excited, a, but I'm tired already. It's a full yeah. calendar, but there's some really good tracks in there that I think will be interesting for a whole range of different teams. Um, if we're only interested in who's going to finish second, third, fourth, and fifth, of course, because it's very likely Max Verstappen is going to still be dominant. And Campy, you always had the conspiracy tinfoil beanie on that uh, Red Bull was never 
releasing 100% of power of their car in previous uh, races in previous seasons. So with maybe Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes starting to step up towards the front, maybe the gap will still exist with Red Bull. It's just they turn it up to maybe 90% this time. Wow. I think all there. By the time they're making these decisions at about the midway point of the year, that world championship for Max was locked up, signed, sealed and delivered already. They just had to show up with what they had and it was good enough. Uh, I think you'll see some pretty dominant results in the first four to five rounds and uh, that'll set the tone for next year too. They will give up immediately on the development of this year's car as soon as they possibly can to uh, develop next year's. I know there's some rules about when they can start and what they can do, but this is F1. This is not hard to – how do you police it? And that's yeah. the reality. They're not policing – they're not – they're not policing the off-track on-site, you know, in their factories like they do on a race weekend. So they can. there's lots of things they can do. All right. There is one more bit of thing we can talk about, and that is Stake F1, Sauber's new title partner. Um, Australian crypto casino owner has uh, sorted that out. Uh, where gambling advertising is not allowed, it will be Kick, which is a streaming service apparently. Um, it's just, it just is. If you're part of the Facebook group, put it in MGUH, which is Simpsons F1 related memes. They had an absolute field day with it and there's some very, very good content about the renaming of stake. Um, sort of more broadly, Audi, there were rumors towards the end of last year that Audi weren't totally sold on their investment into Formula One for the next generation. Uh, they might be feeling a little bit better now um, considering the results in Dakar. And um, sorry, if if you have if you want to watch Dakar and you don't know the results yet, I'm just about to spoil it for you. So you can skip forward 10 seconds. Carlos Sainz Senior uh, taking out the victory in the Dakar for Audi is pretty mega. I think um, Seb Loeb ended up in third and Nassau wasn't didn't finish because he changed out of Toyota. And, and Christina Gutierrez, first female winner since 2001. Yeah. Phenomenal. Sarah Price did pretty well she too in the same well. category. Um, yeah, that's which is really, really exciting for, for all of the off-road side. All of that to say, though, just to bring it back to Audi, is that their interest in motorsport, I think, will be a little bit... <laughs> Happier, I guess, with that kind of result. Maybe they'll be leaning forward. But, gee, I tell you what, they, any name, just Audi Formula 1 racing team is going to be a significant improvement to what they have with stake slash kick F1. I think what's interesting is in terms of the investment, which we were talking about a bit earlier today, is that it does kind of show that I think there's kind of these different characters or personalities that are involved in Formula 1 now. You've kind of got these legacy teams and people who have been involved with it for so long and they're really established and they have a huge amount of influence. Obviously, we're talking about your Mercedes, Ferrari, et cetera. Yeah. And then you've got these either investors, um, investors for the most part, who are going, well, I've got a bit of money lying around. If one team, why not? And I think that re reflects kind of a, that new generation of, of Formula One, both in its fan base, in its investors, in where it's going. So while I think, you know, kind of I kind of makes my spine tingle a little bit when I think about people who are getting involved, it's not a great thought sometimes. Um, at the same time, it's kind of interesting because I think it's very reflective of, of where it's going. And at the end of the day, teams like that, a team like that, given the kind of state of flux that it's in at the moment for the next two years until that next gen comes through, 
that's exactly what they needed was somebody with a heap of extra cash going, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll put my name on the side of a Formula One car, naming rights actually, um, and, and off you go. That's exactly what they need as much as it sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah, I think F1 is very careful about who they let invest these days. Mm-hmm. Post William Story and Rich Energy and that saga, yeah. and I did check out uh, Mr. Story's Twitter when Google oh, was sacked. And, uh, it was comment. exactly what you imagined it to be, and I yeah. had a laugh. But uh, look, that guy's still sponsoring race teams and still doing things, which is profoundly odd to me. But yeah, I think I think money talks at the end of the day, though. If you're willing to be a name sponsor and put your ca- hard-earned cash where you want, I think you're totally right. For a team like Sauber, you know, moving forward, it's exactly what they need and mm. it gives Audi a, a few years jump yep. in their in their design philosophies and getting, you know, the, the off-track departments right where it needs to be yep. so that when they come into F1, they can hit it head on and give it a good crack, so... Let's just uh, talk a little bit about how you can get involved with Lakeside Drive this year before we wrap this episode up. Uh, The best place you can do that is Discord. Freya, you're a a frequenter of the Discord. It's just the funnest place in the world. There's lots of cats and dogs. People are hilarious. We're all fun and inclusive and it's just a great place to be, the only place that is potentially funnier than us on the occasion. Mm, if you're not fun and inclusive, <laughs> by the way, I, I ban you. So Why? It's way funnier than us. Hey, we don't talk us down. Especially in person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more of a letdown than anything else. We've had a great day. <laughs> We've got, we, we used our good material earlier in the day with zero recording happening. So, Very much know. looking forward to you, listener, uh, watching that little video. You'll see that on social media at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, you, I mean, there's a whole bunch of legends in here and more of you joining all the time. The great questions that are coming in at the moment are about the Australian Grand Prix. So uh, there are users like uh, Fat Dad 6000 um, with okay. a very sweet dog <laughs> as the profile picture. Asking questions about what's going on, like what should I do on a Thursday? And uh, already a couple of uh, absolute Discord legends like uh, Kel Lane and Court and Brabham are getting in there and and suggesting some different bits and pieces. So uh, Lakeside Drive is is bigger than just the three of us talking absolute nonsense on the podcast. It is a really cool community of, of all of you guys getting together to help make the F1 watching thing enjoyable because it's a very long season. And sometimes not a lot happens on track whilst you're watching at three o'clock in the morning. So it's good to laugh at Freya after she's had a couple of drinks um, on a boat party. Yeah. I felt like you on New Year's Eve, actually. It was pretty. You what? (laughs) Felt like you after your boat party on New Year's Eve. I was pretty toasty. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm 100% honest, didn't even make New Year's this year. That is that is a peak like entering your thirties and going actually. Actually, the nine thirty fireworks were fantastic. Were there <laughs> yeah, violins there? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, James, right. what are you excited about for the twenty twenty four season? What are you looking forward to? Uh, Daniel Ricciardo going to Red Bull. Yeah. It's gonna be good. It's gonna happen sooner rather than later. I mean, it, you know, feel for Sergio Perez, but at the end of the day, um, the star power of Danny Rick and also the quality of driving that he was able to pull off, considering he broke his hand. Uh, even with a tire test, you know, poor old Nick DeVries who had no shot really of keeping that seat, especially when, you know, DR hadn't even come in. Mark, uh, Helmut Marco was already making phone calls. But, I mean, 
DR is one of the reasons that I love the sport. Uh, have been very biased towards him no. for quite some time, and so to see him, his stocks go up again in the world of Formula One. I mean, it, it was a hard slog watching him in McLaren, not uh, being able to figure it out, yeah, and having to fault. yeah, absolutely, but having to deal with the the commentary and social media is a ridiculous place, and there's lots of people who know very little about anything. Um, even less about Formula One than we do, just saying, oh, he's washed and all these sorts of other things. So from that point of view, I think that's it's pretty kick-ass. I mean, Daniel is not only is he cute from a campy <laughs> point of view, <laughs> but he's also an amazing racer. Yeah. What, are we, uh, what am I looking forward to this year? Oh, I love the start of the year because I suppose there's lots of uh, – there's, there's, look, there's lots of scenarios that can play out and it's – that unknown is probably the best part. We don't get a clear picture of what the championship's going to look like for four or five races. So uh, that's what I'm excited about. I, I, I think it'll go in a certain direction, and I think Max will probably dominate like he, like he has. He'll get pushed by Danny Rick when he eventually gets there. But oh, I love that uncertainty of a new year and what it looks like, and testing will be good too. I love watching testing for a, you know at least a good four or five hours. You get to get all the goss off the track too, so fun. Yeah, spewing we're at the Middle East again because what do we test there? It's just dumb. Saves freight costs. Ugh. And also Barcelona we, we can be care, very cold. We care so much about our carbon output <laughs> that we add five more races to the calendar this year. <laughs> We've now got three hundred and fifty-five. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, you can't. They. It's very that in that instance. It's very much uh, having their cake and eating it too. Um, the championship. Picture will be interesting. I hope we have more winners than what we did last year. And I think Oscar absolutely will absolutely be getting in there. But Frey, what about you? What are you looking forward to this season? I really hope that Imola gets a great race. The It's a hope and it's something I'm looking forward to as well, hoping that it happens. Um, I just think so much about that region and mm. the race. It's a great race. Um, it's a great kind of that old Europe side of Formula One that we love to watch. Um, and just so much went on there last year and it's something that I'm really looking forward to, some of those, yeah, you know, kind of the original tracks that we all get really excited about, kind of really owning their space in Formula One, and so I'm really hoping that they get to do that um, this year because I think there's been so much, you know, hoo-ha about Vegas and Miami and everything else and then you add the weather events and stuff like that for for Imola and some of the other locations as well that it makes me just really excited for them at the start of a season to say this will be the year this will be the year that we really kind of honor those tracks and they get to own their space in Formula One have a great weekend so that is what I'm hoping for Mm. and then optimistically looking forward to as well. I'd prefer us to go back to is it Ferrano? I thought you were going to say France for a second. Ferrano is which we raced there on that COVID year, which is the other Italian track. Magello. Magello, that's the one. Yeah. Mate, Where that, Mick did a little showing uh, in the F2004, his yeah, dad's car. Yeah, drove his, mm. mate, that is a track. Great. It is yeah. a track. That is a track. I'd prefer to, maybe they could switch that every year with Imola too because yeah. Imola's good. But it's uh, both, no, no. Both of them aren't Monza though, are they? Monza's, Monza's a track. Monza is but this Monza. is my point, right, is we're sitting here going, hmm, between these three great tracks, which is the best track? And which one from, you know, that was also excellent could we bring back? Yeah. But the focus has and spotlight yeah. has been so much on these these new ones and obviously everything that comes with that, which I understand to an extent. But, um, you know, I think the conversation that comes in very naturally as soon as you name those tracks, yeah. those circuits, is how excited we get about it. And so 
my hope and the thing that I'm looking forward to this year is that we have more of those conversations and put yep. the spotlight back on some of those fantastic tracks and, and circuits, which I think the drivers get really excited about as well. Yep. Um, and I just hope that they get to put on a showing and remind us kind of that that really core part of F1 and what we love about it too. Yeah, well, there's plenty to come and plenty to talk about. There is going to be a lot of racing this year. I dropped something onto the floor. And the best place for you to get around all of that is on the television, honestly, because we're not going to help you live. But if you want to... <laughs> If you want to debrief with us, then you're welcome to do it because we'll be putting out uh, race reviews, race previews, always through the interviews where we can get them. Um, if you're coming to the Australian Grand Prix, all three of us will be at the Australian Grand Prix um, in terms of what Freya and Campy are doing. Hopefully, we'll be some Lakeside Drive content around the side, around the site rather. I'll be there. You'll not you'll be able to hear me and see me, which will be very annoying Ooh, for everybody. Uh, which I'm hosting his game show. <laughs> <laughs> All this out of context <laughs> hate until the video goes out. Uh, but that's it for this episode, a really casual start to the year as we then get into full throttle in a little bit. Um, the best place to keep up to date with what's going on is Instagram uh, and on Discord. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube ahead of us launching that. Uh, any final thoughts, Freya Brolsma, before we say goodbye to oh, you and you say goodbye to Australia? So many thoughts, but I'm going to save them for the preview of round one and go from, from there, I think. I'm really excited about this season. I was pretty tired by the end of the last one. I'm sure I'll feel the same way at the end of this one. Um, but at the same time, I'm you know, excited to get going again. I'm excited for this lineup. I'm excited for Daniel Ricciardo. excited for Oscar, for VB in his ridiculously named team, but he's still there and we still love him. So lots to look forward to. Campy? Yeah, not sure. <laughs> really not sure what I'm no looking insightful. forward to. But <laughs> how insightful. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun year. More, the more participation from the from the listeners that we get, I think, enhances the quality of our show and 100%. you guys can direct it how you see fit and ask us stupid questions and good ones and hey that's that's the stuff I really look to do the most. I don't post a lot but I do You creep in the shadows. <laughs> he does <laughs> do creep a bit. Full time profession. I'm gonna go full full time campy and bonnie picks this year might do some weekly campy bonnie content love that love that uh well thank you so much for listening wherever you are it's we really just appreciate that, that you want to spend some time with us in your ears whatever you're doing right now but uh we will be back in a couple of weeks time so make sure you stick to being subscribed to the podcast on wherever you're listening right now but also again social media um help us boost all of those numbers we bloody appreciate it it is goodbye for now and the mvp for this episode is the term hoo-ha which both of you have said more than once <laughs> at your expense <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> bye yeah, bye You're too small. I'm talking to my feel like to the camera Can't when be. I'm saying it's not that. Not what you said when I was sitting on Please, that chair. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> not where I thought you were uh, going with that. Uh, uh, ladies, both of you. Sports Social Podcast Network.